Welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is Kathy. I'm going to be your online host for today. If it's your first time here, you're VIPs, and we would love to connect with you. Just text new at 604-285-5770 or visit MyTata.info and we'll mail you your very own pricing soon water bottle. Parents don't forget to go to MyTata.info and click Thrive Kids Online to access the Thrive Kids curriculum. There you can find the worship video, the lesson video, a reader sheet that you can download, print, and do with your kids, and there's going to be Zoom classes every Sunday from 1045 to 1150 a.m. Here at Thrive Church, we would love to help you understand the Sunday message better. So if English is your second language and you benefit from having a sermon outline in your preferred language, you can download that at MyFatherInfo. Right now, we only have it available in Mandarin, but we are hoping to add more languages in the near future. We love a proactive church, so this week I would love to know what new skill or hobby you've acquired during the pandemic. I know at the start of the pandemic, I was looking for something to help me pass time, keep myself occupied, and I picked up sewing and I haven't sewed since high school, and I haven't stopped since. So I would love to know what new skill or hobby that you've acquired during the pandemic. We'd love to see all your beautiful faces and take a selfie of yourself tuning in today post on social media using hashtag ThriveChurchOnline. Are you ready for today's message? I'm now going to pass the time over to Pastor JB and I'll see you all later. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is JB. I'm one of the pastors here at Thrive, and I'm so excited to welcome you to an amazing Sunday here at Thrive Church Online. If this is your first time here, you are what we call our VIP. Everyone say our VIP. We are so excited to have you here today. If you stumbled upon us online or a friend invited you, whatever the case may be, however you found us, we're so glad that you did. And just to say thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today. We've got a special gift we want to give to you. It's your very own Thrive Church stainless steel water bottle that we would love to mail straight to your door. If you want to go to the website mythrive.info, press the button that says new to thrive. We'd love to send that straight to your door. Just to say thanks so much for joining us today. In fact, welcome is not just what we do here at Thrive. Welcoming is who we are. And so with that in mind, would you welcome one another to church today in your chat rooms? Would you welcome another? Maybe you're sitting beside someone. Would you give them a high five, a handshake, a, a warm hug, or an air version of any of those? And let's just welcome one another to the house of God today. You guys are an amazing church. It's always such a joy to be together, even online. And today is uh, the continuation of a very special weekend for us. We're doing baptism weekend this weekend. We, th this is a time when we get to celebrate the work that God is doing in people's lives. If you're wondering what baptism is, baptism is simply you saying, I believe in Jesus. I believe he died on the cross for me and my sins. Uh, I believe he rose again. And if you believe that, then guess what? We would love 
to get you baptized. And baptism is not a graduation. It is a beginning step. It's you simply saying, I believe in Jesus. I trust in him. And if that's a step that you want to take, you can certainly do that by going to mythog.info and press the button baptism for more information on what that is and how to do it. We'd love to do that for you safely uh, in a way that you can feel completely confident that you're, 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 you're doing something that is safe and, uh, and, and sanitized and all that stuff. We'd love to arrange that with you. And so turn your neighbor and say, I can't wait for baptism. I can't wait for baptism. Amazing. Uh, next one is, is Mother's Day is coming up in just a few weeks' time. And we want to especially bless the mums here at Thrive Church. And so if you're a mum in this place, we would love to mail to you a very special Mother's Day gift. We won't tell you what it is, but it's a surprise. But we would love to mail that to you. And so we need your mailing address. If you wouldn't mind sending us your mailing address so we can send to you that very special gift just to bless and honor you as Mother's Day approaches. We'd love to do that with you. And we can't wait for an amazing time to celebrate Mother's Day on May the 9th. That's just coming up in just a couple weeks. Do you guys bring your Bibles today? Did you? If you brought your Bibles, it's time to get those out. Maybe yours is a paper Bible like mine. Maybe yours is a device that you downloaded the Bible into. Either way is cool. If you didn't bring a Bible, that's okay as well. I uh, encourage you to uh, you know, grab one if you can. But what we're going to do right now is I'm going to ask you to hold up your Bible like so. This is just a fun way for us to get our hearts ready for the message together. And so if you want to point to my Bible, you can. And we're going to make this proclamation together in faith. Let's say this together right now. We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's word. I am what it says I am. I have have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's will come in and change my life, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, by the way, if you are new to church, you're new to the Bible, you're new to all this Jesus stuff and Christianity, then guess what? We are especially thrilled that you're here. We hope that you find that Thrive Church is a safe place for you, a place where you can be yourself, a place where you can find some community, a place where you can find some encouragement and some hope to help you start this brand new week. And if you've got any questions at all, if we can be praying for you in any kind of way, you can always email us at info at thrivechurch.ca. We'd love to serve you in whatever way you uh, we can. And so, a big welcome to you. Today, we are continuing a series here at Thrive that we are so excited about. It is called Waiting for Sunrise. Everyone say, Waiting for Sunrise. Waiting for Sunrise is a series we're doing through the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. And one of the big questions we're asking is, how do you keep your hope alive in a time when you're waiting? Maybe you're going through a waiting period right now. We're all waiting for COVID cases to go down. We're all waiting for coronavirus to be a thing of the past. We're all waiting to go back to life as normal or as normal as it can be. Maybe you're waiting in other ways. Maybe when it comes to your family, when it comes to a relationship, when it comes to your future, maybe when it comes to your health and the health of someone you love, you're in this period of waiting. How do you keep your hope alive in the midst of a time of waiting? Here at this, uh, at this time, we're doing a series called Waiting for Sunrise, where we're talking about that and a bunch of other lessons that we can learn from the powerful book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. And so we're going to get into that today. We're especially blessed today because uh, Pastor Nick Osborne is here to bring the message to you today. Uh, Pastor Nick Osborne has an incredible story. In fact, he shared a big part of that story uh, back uh, in our pivotal 
Pivotal Moments series uh, during the summer of last year. One of the most powerful things we've ever heard here, heard here at Thrive. And if you've ever if you've missed that, and you've never caught that story, we encourage you to do so. The July 19, 2020 version of our Pivotal Moments series. You can go to our Thrive Church podcast to check that out. Not only does Pastor Nick have an incredible story to tell, but he's also an excellent teacher of the Bible, of God's Word. And we are so incredibly blessed every time he comes here uh, to share uh, you know, the, the message with us today. And today is a special day because of that. Uh, Pastor Nick and his lovely wife, Jamie, they lead Lighthouse Church Steveston. Uh, and we are so blessed to have them here. They're dear friends of Thrive Church. Would you please uh, give it up for and put your hands together for uh, Pastor Nick Osborne as he brings the message to us today. Thanks, Pastor JB, for that um, very incredible introduction. It's one of the reasons I love coming to Thrive Church because, you know, I love, well, I love preaching in general, but I just always uh, feel so much better after hearing you <laughs> introduce me. So thanks for that. Um, and what a great series you're doing, Waiting for Sunrise. Uh, it's a wonderful series. It's a wonderful book that Thrive is traveling through. So that's awesome. I'm pleased to be here as a part of that. And I wanted to open up just with a simple question. And the question is, uh, what feelings do you feel when you're waiting? What feelings do you feel when you're waiting? I suppose it would depend on what we are waiting for. Um, if we're waiting for something good, like the arrival of a loved one at an airport or something like that, uh, we're probably feeling quite eager. Um, if it's something that may be difficult, we may be feeling dread. Um, maybe we feel impatient. Maybe we feel hopeful. Maybe we feel content. There are lots of different things we can feel when we are waiting for something. But one thing that overshadows all of our waiting is a sense of anticipation. Something is coming. It's not here yet, but it's coming. How many of you remember being a young kid and your birthday is approaching or Christmas is approaching and we are waiting, waiting, waiting for our birthday and, and our anticipation's at this maximum level. We can barely contain our excitement. But imagine this scenario. Imagine that you are told that you are about to receive something amazing, the most incredible gift ever. In fact, in your wildest dreams, you cannot even imagine the beauty of this gift. It will be something you have always wanted. It will be something you have always needed, something that you will use forever. But then you're told you need to wait. Not for one night, maybe for two weeks, maybe longer. Maybe you need to wait for two months, or maybe two years, or maybe two decades. In fact, maybe you won't receive the gift at all, but your children will receive the gift, or your children's children, or their children. Maybe this gift has been promised for generations, and we know for sure that the gift is coming, but we just don't know when. How great would your anticipation be? Would this be the year that the gift comes? Would our generation be the generation 
that receives this gift. If you can imagine that type of anticipation, then you can imagine how the Jewish people felt during the time of Isaiah. Throughout all the book, uh, all the Old Testament, in fact, year after year, generation after generation, anticipating the promised Messiah. Ever since the fall of humanity, God said in Genesis 3.15 that, that an offspring of the woman was coming who would crush the head of the serpent. Ever since that time, the Jewish people had been waiting for their Redeemer. They had heard prophecies. They even had tastes of this promise. In the Exodus, in the rule of David, they tasted the promise of what, of what this coming kingdom would be like. But they had yet to see the promise fulfilled. It would certainly be fulfilled because God said so. But when? When? And they waited and waited and waited. So I'm pleased to join you today um, in this journey through Isaiah because I want us to understand today the, the longing and the anticipation that the Jewish people would have felt while they waited, waiting for their Redeemer, for their sunrise. And by joining uh, the people of Isaiah's time, by joining them in their anticipation, we can better understand the magnitude of the gift of Jesus Christ for those 2,000 years ago and for us today. So let's turn to Isaiah chapter 11. We're going to look at verses 1 to 10 and hear the, this promise for a messianic king and, uh, and the transformation that his kingdom was going to bring. We'll start with the first five verses that look at the messianic king that was coming. So Isaiah chapter 11, we'll start in verses 1 to 5. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance, nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. Now, Isaiah chapter 11 falls within a section of Isaiah that starts in chapter 7, and it contains this message of royal hope to Judah. So this section, it highlights both the, the, the present darkness of sin and death and the, the promise of dawning light that culminates in the birth of this messianic king. So Isaiah 11 opens with a picture of this promised messianic king, and it starts with his ancestry. But to understand Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, we need to look back into 
chapter 10 for a moment. Because in Isaiah chapter 10, Isaiah pronounces judgment on Assyria. And he compares Assyria to this mighty forest that the axe of God will come and and cut down this forest. So in verse 33, uh, uh, Isaiah prophesies, but look, the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies will chop down the mighty tree of Assyria with great power. So chapter 10 closes with this picture of of a once mighty forest that has been clear cut, leaving only stumps never to grow again. But then in chapter 11, this opens with a picture of another stump, the stump of Jesse, King David's father. However, although in the stumps of Assyria, there was no life left, the stump of Jesse still had life. A shoot, a twig would come from the stump of Jesse. And so the promise here is not simply for a king or any king, but a Davidic king. Because David's kingdom was considered by the Jewish people to be the golden years of Israel. And God promised that the Messiah was going to come from David's line. However, many of the kings that followed David were wicked, so much so that in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 13, God pronounces judgment on the Davidic line and said it would be reduced to a mere stump in the land. This once golden kingdom was now reduced to a stump. And reduced it was. When Christ was born, though the Davidic line was still in existence, it had been without royal power for 600 years. But there was still life in the stump. When God prunes, even when God prunes, there's still life. In fact, there was more than life. There was the promise of the Messiah, the promise that those golden years of David were but a shadow of the gold to come. The Jews needed more than simply a land flowing with milk and honey. They needed the very incarnation of God. They needed Jesus. And this promise here in verse 1 is for this branch that is going to bear fruit. So the picture here is very much of, of a family tree. And even though this family tree had been reduced to a stump, the Messiah was going to come from it. And if we look at the ancestry of Jesus presented in the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke, we see that both Joseph and Mary were descendants of David. And so Jesus had the biological right to the throne through Mary, and he had the legal right to the throne through Joseph. Do you feel that your hope, while you wait, has been reduced to a stump? Or maybe it feels like the beautiful tree of your life or your spiritual life that you once had 
has now been brought low. Maybe there are dry times. Maybe there are dark times. And you're waiting for that sunrise. You're waiting for life to be infused back into your spiritual journey, back into your emotional wellness, back into your relational wellness with someone. When we walk with God, there is always life in the stump. When we think all things could be dead, God promises resurrection. And the interesting thing is that there can be no resurrection unless there's a death first. And so maybe you're on this journey and it feels like it's all being reduced down to nothing. There is still life. And because of that, there is still hope in Jesus Christ. And so after talking about the ancestry, uh, Isaiah goes on to talk about the, the divine endowment that this messianic king would have in verses 2 and the first part of verse 3. So verse 1, a shoot is going to come from the stump of Jesse, but this shoot that comes from Jesse would not come unprepared. He would come with divine endowment. In Isaiah 10, we see that the king of Assyria, he boasts of his own power and his own wisdom. But the promise here in Isaiah 11, that this shoot uh, from Jesse, this messianic king, will be equipped for his work by the spirit of the Lord. Verse 2, it says again, just a reminder, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. When World War II was still in progress, some people during that time, they spoke as though that once this war was over, they would be able to establish a just and lasting peace. Now we know that did not happen. I mean, if history has taught us anything, it has taught us that peace and justice will not come by human wisdom or human power. Isaiah tells us that peace will only come through the one who comes from Jesse's roots. And upon this one, upon the Messiah, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of Yahweh would rest. This means more than simply uh, the Holy Spirit influencing uh, the one, but the very spirit of God himself would dwell in the messianic king. The fullness of God would dwell in the Messiah. And that's what it says in Colossians, that in Christ, the fullness of God, the fullness of deity dwelt in bodily form because he would be the incarnation of God, God in bodily form. And so Isaiah uses three couplets um, to elaborate the effect of the indwelling of the spirit of the Lord on the Messiah. He talks about the king's ruling attributes. He talks about wisdom, which is the ability to have right judgment in all things. He talks about understanding, which is the ability to see the heart of an issue. But more than just ruling attributes, we see practical abilities. We see the spirit of counsel, which is the ability to devise a right course of action. And we see power, which is the ability to carry out this plan. 
And we also see spiritual qualities. We see the spirit of knowledge. Now, knowledge in Scripture is more than just knowing about something. Like in 1 Samuel chapter 3, we meet a young Samuel who was very religiously involved in the life of the temple. But despite all this knowledge he had in the religious life, 1 Samuel 3, 7 says, he did not yet know the Lord. Because knowledge in biblical literature means a personal, intimate relationship with someone. So we can be involved in religious life. We can attend church and still not know the Lord because that knowledge comes from a personal, intimate relationship with him. And the Messianic king, he says, would know God because the spirit of knowledge dwells in him. And he also talks about the fear of the Lord. When we know God in a personal, intimate way, the natural result is that we want to worship him. We, we, we respect him. We honor him. That's what scripture calls the fear of the Lord. It's not, it's not being scared of God. It means that we desire to worship and obey God. We could even add the, the beginning of verse 3 that says he will delight in the fear of the Lord. It says this messianic king will delight in worshiping and obeying Yahweh. What a beautiful picture of this coming messianic king. Isaiah also talks about, about the rule of this king. He says, because this king is divinely endowed with the Holy Spirit, these verses tell us that, that his rule will reflect that. He will rule with righteousness. He will rule with justice. Both the poor and the wicked will be dealt with fairly. And because he has the power to carry out his judgments, his word is synonymous with action. What he pronounces will happen. It says his belt and his sash are in place. These are That means it's a picture of him being ready for action and equipped for whatever comes before him. Jesus has the power to carry out his promises. And this is a truth we have to cling to when we are waiting for sunrise. Jesus has the power to accomplish his will in your life. Cling to that truth while you wait. Your waiting is not never in vain. And so then after describing this coming Messiah, uh, the last half of this passage, Isaiah describes the coming kingdom. And this is what he says, verses 6 to 10. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion. And a little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. Yes, a little child will put its hand in the nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. In that day, the heir of day to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him. And the land where he lives 
there will be glorious peace. What a picture of peace this is. I mean, we're talking about here that these, these creatures, they're, they're not supposed to be at peace with each other. At least that's what we think. Um, but they are at peace with each other. The wolf is a well-known enemy of the lamb. But in the promised messianic kingdom, even the most vulnerable have no need to fear. Predators and prey, they live together. And we think to ourselves, well, it's not supposed to be like this. But actually, Isaiah is painting a picture of life returning to normal. Life returning to the way it was before the fall. Life returning to the way God designed it to be before sin came in and fractured everything. And the point here is not that these, these animals are simply together. It's their very natures are transformed. When we decide to follow Jesus, when we enter into the kingdom of Jesus, our very natures are transformed. The New Testament calls it, calls it being made a new creation. The old has passed away. So if you are looking for a new nature, if you are looking for a new life, if you're looking for transformation, Isaiah tells us this happens with Jesus. It doesn't mean that every problem and every difficulty or temptation is immediately solved, but it means you now have a new nature and a new power because Philippians says God is at work in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Life returning to normal, life returning to the way it was before the fall, our life, a new creation, being free to become the person God always intends us to become. At creation, if you look back in Genesis, the animals were a help to humanity. But the fall, the, the, the beginning of sin, fractured humanity's relationship with God, with each other, even with ourselves and with creation. And Isaiah says that the Messiah is going to reverse all this and lift the curse of Genesis 3. Creation will be restored to the way it was created. I mean, think about this. This, is, this was mind-blowing to me when I kind of understood this, that Genesis 1.29, uh, God says, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. So at the beginning in creation, there were no carnivores because there was no death. And when the Messiah comes the kingdom, uh, and establishes the kingdom of God, once again, it says that the lion is going to eat straw. The child is going to play with the cobra. The wolf is going to rest with the lamb. And humanity is going to shepherd creation rather than destroy creation. In fact, Isaiah sums up the messianic kingdom 
perfectly in verse 9. He says, nothing will hurt or destroy in all of my holy mountain. And we say, why? Why will they neither harm? Why will they neither destroy? Because of the last half of verse 9. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. I hope we understand the magnitude of these words. They will neither harm nor destroy. Why? Not because humanity has evolved to peace and perfection, but because the whole earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. It is the knowledge of the Lord, this relationship with Jesus, that brings peace. And in the fully established messianic kingdom, the whole earth will have this intimate and personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's why there will be peace. And finally, in verse 10, says, says, in that day, the heir to David's throne, or in other translation, it says, the root of Jesse will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him, and the land where he lives, will, there will be glorious peace. Now, this is, this is fascinating, because in verse 1, if you remember, the Messiah was presented as a shoot that would come from the stump of Jesse. But here in verse 10, he is the root of Jesse. So the same person is both the shoot from Jesse and the root from which Jesse comes. I mean, that can only be God. So what a wonderful Messiah we see Isaiah promising here. Not only is he himself different from all earthly rulers, his kingdom is different from all earthly kingdoms. And so I hope we can understand why the Jews had so much anticipation for the Messiah. And this anticipation grew and it grew through times of exile, through times of return, through times of Roman rule. And by the time Jesus was born, the Jews were pregnant with hope. And then we read in Luke chapter 1, verses 31 to 33. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And so with the incarnation of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, the sunrise appeared. This sunrise that Isaiah had been prophesying about. The kingdom of God made its first inbreaking into the world. And we see the beginning of what Isaiah promises in chapter 11 here. Here was God incarnate, completely vulnerable, and yet the promised redeemer, the messianic king. And so with the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, this messianic kingdom makes its first foray into the world. Now we say, is it here fully? No, because we don't see the complete reversal yet of the curse as promised by Isaiah. That happens when Jesus returns. 
And so you and I, we live in this beautiful moment, this in-between time, between the first breaking in and the final culmination of this messianic kingdom, when all creation will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. This is an exciting time of history to be alive in, because we have this now and not yet of God's kingdom. So no matter what is going on in our lives, all of us, in one sense, are waiting in anticipation. We are all waiting for that sunrise of Jesus' return when he promises no more death, no more pain, no more crying. God himself will wipe every tear from every eye. We have had a taste of what is to come. Today, you and I as individuals, we can know God in a personal, intimate way. But we still anticipate this time when the whole earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. But you can know God now. You can taste his kingdom promises now. You can receive eternal life and live out of this eternal life now because of what God has accomplished on our behalf through the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God has broken in to our world, but we still anticipate its full coming when the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord and when that promise for peace is fulfilled. So you and I today, let's do our part to move the kingdom of God forward. Every person who finds Jesus Christ, every step we take in the name of Jesus Christ, every blessing we pronounce on people, every prayer for peace and wellness and God's shalom, it is the forceful advancing of God's kingdom in the world today. So even though we may be waiting for sunrise, we can still walk with God, walk in that hope, and bring that hope to others around us as we move the kingdom of God forward through our prayers, through our actions, through the, the, the things we do for the people around us. Now, maybe we are waiting for that personal sunrise that we desire in our life or the life of a loved one. But let's remember the kingdom of God is still coming and we can join him in his mission to the world until it is fulfilled when Jesus returns. Amen. Pastor JB. I want to thank Pastor Nick for a powerful message as he broke down for us, unpacked for us Isaiah 11, uh, such an important passage in the book of Isaiah, pointing us to Jesus. And I just want to end with one last thing. I want to give you an opportunity to pray with me together. Uh, Pastor Nick said, 
that it is the knowledge of the Lord, a relationship with Jesus that brings true peace. No matter how much you try on your own to find peace, you're never gonna find true lasting peace without the knowledge of the Lord, his name is Jesus. And so with that in mind, we wanna give you an opportunity to invite Jesus to bring his peace and to bring the knowledge of him into your life, to bring transformation, to bring hope, to bring forgiveness, to bring peace, to bring light uh, into your life that we couldn't manufacture on our own. And so with that in mind, if you want that, if that's something that you realize you need, if you want to ask Jesus for forgiveness for your sins, then the great news is that Jesus died on the cross exactly for that purpose. And so with that in mind, if you want to receive Jesus' forgiveness and his peace in your life, I want to encourage you to scan that QR code that's on your screen, or you can click the link that's in your chat room, and it'll take you to a prayer that you can pray to ask Jesus to forgive you your sins and to bring his peace into your life. And so I'm encourage you to do that right now. Don't worry about your neighbor. It doesn't concern them. This is between you and God. You just go ahead and click that link or scan that code. And just so you're not doing this alone, I'm going to do this with you. We're going to pray this prayer together. And this is uh, a simple prayer that you can pray to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and to forgive you of your sins. And uh, it's one of the most powerful things you can do. And so I want to encourage you to do that right now is click that link, scan that code, and you can pray this prayer together with me right now. You can say, dear Jesus, thank you that because you love me, you died on the cross to pay for my sins. You rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart. I ask you, please forgive me of my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I place my trust not in what I do, but in what you've done for me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Hey, by the way, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that from your heart, then according to the Bible, you are forgiven of your sins. You are a child of God. You are a citizen of heaven. You are a priest in God's kingdom. That's all the Bible says that you are. And to encourage you in this relationship with God, I want to let you know we've got a special gift that we want to give to you. If you want to click the link at the very bottom of that page where you just prayed that prayer, it'll take you to uh, a place where we would love to send you a gift to encourage you in this relationship with God. And so encourage you to make the most of that. Encourage you to to keep coming here to Thrive Church. Uh, Every baby needs a family. We want to continue to grow together. That's how we grow. Uh, Also, if you want to get baptized, you can do that as well. You can go to mythrive.info, click the baptism button for more information on that. We'd love to help you in that as well. Lastly, we want to give you an opportunity for those of you who want to pray together in response to the message today, that we're going to do that right now is that, you know, Isaiah chapter 11 talks about how as the waters cover the sea, so one day the, 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 the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. And, you know, that's something that happens in our day step by step. Maybe there's an area of your life where you realize that you need more of God, more of his wisdom, more of his peace, more of his leading, more of his guidance, more of his hope. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's in the way you look at a certain situation. Maybe it's when it comes to your work or the way that you're approaching your future right now. Whatever the case may be, if you realize that you need more of God to come and fill that space in your life, then I encourage you just to lift your hand to God right now. Let the height of your hand reflect how much you need God today. Let the height of 
your hand reflect you inviting God to let his glory and the knowledge of him start to fill that area of your life such that you're not doing it on your own anymore. It's with God together and that you're gonna do this together with him. If that's you and you know you need that, why don't you lift up your hands to God together with me right now and we're just gonna pray together in your own words. Don't wait for me to stop talking. I wanna encourage you to start talking to God in your own words. Don't worry about your neighbor. It doesn't concern them. We just start talking to God from your heart and lift up that burden, lift up that issue, lift up that area of concern into God's hands today, knowing that he is able, he's here, he loves you, he's listening. Let's all talk to God in this place right now. In your own words, we just do that right now. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we give everything to you today. We give you that issue today. We give you that concern today. That's it, church. Just keep on praying to God today. He's here. He loves you. He's listening. Just start talking to God today. Thank you, Father. Praise your name. Praise you, Jesus. More of you, God. More of you, Father. Need you so much. Need you so much, Lord Jesus. Here right now, we need you. Here in this time, we need you. Jesus, would you come? We welcome you, Father. Thank you, God. More of you in our lives. More of you in our church. More of you in the lives of every single person who's watching and listening right now. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. More of you in this place. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Let me just pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the fact that even when our lives seem like they're being reduced to a stump, that because of Jesus, we always have hope and that you are not just a God uh, who takes us to a place where we feel like a stump, but you're also a God with whom there is resurrection power, that you're a God with whom we can say the best is yet to come. And so because of that, we thank you today that we can commit and surrender to you every issue, every concern, every uncertainty, every burden, uh, every hurt, every pain, uh, everything we can give to you today, knowing that you're writing a greater story with our lives than anything that we could possibly write ourselves. And so we thank you today. We lift up every Everything and everyone in your hands today and say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let your name be lifted. Let your church be built and let your, yourself be glorified in and through our lives. We thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. Praise God. Right now, we're going to continue to worship God. We're going to do this. We're going to ask our band to lead you in a song. And so let's give our best to God at the same time as we're giving our songs to God. Let's also do this. For those who call Throughout Church your home church, or you just believe in the work that God is doing here, it's time to give your faithful tithes, your generous offerings. Know that when we seek God's kingdom first, he adds what? He adds everything we need. And so thank you so much for giving in advance. And you can go to mythrive.info to do that. Let's continue to worship God together. And at the end of all that, I'll leave you in one last prayer that you don't want to miss. We'll see you guys really soon. Let's give our very best to God. to you.
we give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Oh, come on, there's more than that. Give God all of your praise in this place. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you so much that you are writing a greater story in the lives of every single person here. That every time that things don't go our way, every time things happen unexpectedly, every hurt, every disappointment, every challenge is all part of a bigger thing that you're doing in our lives, a bigger story that you're writing. And we just thank you so much that we get to be part of that story that you're writing. We thank you, God, for every single person here. Thank you that you know the plans you have for them, plans to prosper them, not to harm them, plans to give them hope and a future. And since it's all about you, it's all about your kingdom, we ask, God, that you would help each one of us to live in light of your kingdom them every single day. And with that in mind, we pray all of your blessing, your protection, your presence, your promise, your rest, wisdom, strength, healing, comfort, your Holy Spirit, wisdom to fill every single person here until we next meet again. We thank you. We give you praise. Just as the spirit of knowledge and of power, of, you know, of counsel, just as the spirit of wisdom and understanding and the fear of the Lord rested upon Jesus, let it rest upon every single one of us here that we would know you more and love you better every single day. We thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That brings our service today to a close, but our worship continues. Let's continue to worship God in all that we do this coming week. We'll see you guys next week for episode four of Waiting for Sunrise. We'll see you guys in the coming weeks in small groups, in prayer meetings. Go to mythought.info to take next steps. We love you guys. God loves you. We'll see you guys soon. Have a great week, everybody. Turn it back to our online host. That's it for us today. Have a great day, everybody. Love you guys so much. Thank you, Pastor JV. Before I let you guys go, I have a few announcements. If it's your first time here, you're a VIP, and we're so glad to have you here. We would love to get to know you, so text NEW at 604-285-5770 or visit info, and we'll mail you your very own dry stainless steel water bottle. If you pray the prayer to receive Jesus Christ into your life today, congratulations, we have a gift package to send to you, as well as a series of videos that answer the questions they have with Jesus. Just like believe at 604-285-5770, and if you'd like to get baptized, visit myheartinfo slash baptism for more information. Thrive Discipleship School is an online course to help you with a strong foundation and grow in your relationship with Jesus. It's a fully online course. It's really easily accessible. You can do it from home. You can fit into your schedule whenever it works. The start date is Sunday, May 16th, so be sure to sign up on MyThrive.info. Mother's Day is coming up, and here at Thrive Church, we love and appreciate all our moms. So if you're a mom in this place, we would love to bless and honor you by sending you a Mother's Day gift. So go to MyThrive.info and enter your mailing address, and we'll send you a very special gift right to your door. Did you enjoy today's message? Join us again next week for episode four of Waiting for a Sunrise Message Series. That's it for this week. I hope you all have a great day. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings, and I'll see you all next week here at Thrive Church Online.